Welcome, everybody, to Pay or Request the Podcast, where we invite an exciting, dynamic, multi-hyphenate friend of ours onto the show, and we vet their Venmo. We cruise their cash app, if that's what they, if that's what they like to do social money-wise. It's the Social Money Talk Show. We're going to poke around. We're going to see what sort of juicy stuff we can find. I am one of your hosts. My name is Matt Hobby. And I'm Joe Schappa. And we're so excited for our guest today, Genevieve Angelson. She is one of the stars of the new Apple TV Plus, Apple Plus, Apple Plus, Apple TV. I don't even know how to say it, but I'm excited about it. She's in the new series, The After Party. And we have a great uh, interview with her. We're talking about, we talk Instacart. We talk about hating animals, but loving pets. And we talk about her getting into her character for The After Party. That's coming up in just a minute. But first, I wanted to talk to you, Joe, because the other day we were texting and you said, I'm on my I'm on my way to a sleep study. Yeah, so I, I cannot get to sleep. And our guest also has the same issue um, today. Um, the I can't get to sleep, but I also snore a lot. And I also am a crazy sleeper. My wife said she once found me once found me on the floor sleeping with like my leg crossed around one leg and like almost like up like with my hit like almost in like a a crunch position with my eyes closed like I sleep crazy like you were doing you were doing beach side sit ups yes yes <laughs> what did you call it beach side sit ups poolside maybe poolside uh, pool sit-ups? yeah I was pool in a crunch sit-ups. and if you looked at me you'd be like well it'd be great if you did more of them but um the uh, <laughs> Uh, so I got the sleep study, but we had a blizzard the other day here in New York City. So I didn't want to cancel it. And they called me like three times. Do you want to cancel? Clearly, they wanted to be like, <laughs> we don't want to come in. They're like, please but I was like, stay home. I made I, I said, yeah, I'll, I, I'm going to come in. So I made my way. I got on a bus. I'm the only person on the bus um, all the way downtown. I live in East Harlem. We I, I had to go all the way down to 14th Street. And uh, the bus was just like a parade of weird people who were out in a blizzard one there was a group of guys who got on with like each of them had a um a snowboard with them they just like went snowboarding <laughs> central park or something or they yeah i don't know they were doing the back to the future holding onto a car and snowboard i don't know it was a mess and then there's always like one guy who gets on with 90 million bags and doesn't can't find whatever so we get on and then i get down there and there's no one there um and it's basically looks like an abandoned hospital. Are the lights on? Are the lights on or the lights are on? There's a, yes. And there is a security guard and it's, it looks abandoned though. You get up to the floor and they put me on the pediatric floor. So there's like these weird, creepy, like kids drawings and then no one around. (laughs) So the nurse comes out and he's like, Hey, you are, Hey, you want to sleep? You want to, you want to do some sleep? Well, that's kid. Come on up to the creepy kid floor for the sleeping. That's exactly basically what they said. So a guy comes out and he goes, hey, it's just you tonight. Um, You're on the floor by yourself. And I was like, this is not a good setup. I mean, how many rooms on the floor? How many empty rooms were you surrounded? by? I passed at least 15 empty rooms before I got (laughs) to like one. And they're all like it's again, when I say abandoned, it was as they're not stripped. They're all made beds and they're like all have like kid crap around. Very sharp corners. But I could just see I could just see they're like, you're the only one here tonight. We're putting you in room lucky number 13. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes to so the guy's like, it's just me and you. And I go, oh, my God, I feel so bad. Did I make you come in? He goes, no, I'm getting paid overtime. It's fine. So <laughs> he goes, it's 730. I go in there and he's like, hey, what time you go to bed? I go, man, 930, 10. He goes, all right, see you in two hours. And he closes the door. 
So he doesn't hook me up to like the electros for another two hours. So that's when I watched our guest's episode of After Party. Oh. Um, the After Party. And then, um, but then it's just so weird. There's like lots of like, it's got that weird New York City heat where it's just like immediately my skin dries out. My, my, my tongue is dry. How big is um, the room? How big is the room? You got a bed. You've got just lay out the it's room a, for me. A bed, very thin, very thin blanket. Um, I brought my own pillow on the bus, which already looked. I'm sure I looked crazy too. I, you I got, looked like, my, so crazy, just a grown man with a pillow on a bus. I, I, and there's no <laughs> way how do you bring a pillow on a bus? I mean, you have it. I had it in a like a freaking tote bag, and I have like this. I was gonna backpack. say a pillow is not something you want to set next to you on a bus seat. <laughs> no, and I was like holding it up almost like in the air while I'm on the bus. You don't want it. I'm was it sleep inside on. a garbage bag? I feel like that's how that's that would have been my move. I would have been like, I'm gonna double, I'm gonna double bag this in garbage bags. <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> no, I had it in like a West Side Market uh, fabric bag. They give like a you shop, like a reusable shopping bag. Yeah, and I like tied it up, <laughs> so it was like I was like shoving. You know, it's like a Tempur-Pedic. <laughs> I was like shoving it into the bag to like try to form. I I did a. a try to put it in the L.O. Bean uh, <laughs> backpack, but it wouldn't fit with all the other crap I thought I needed. I always overpack. So we're there, and it's like two hours go by, and he's like, let me, um, I'm going to hook you up with the electrodes, and he's, this is going to take a half hour. So I'm like, there's a reason I go get my hair cut at the guy who doesn't talk to me, so I don't have to make small talk. <laughs> and he's like, small talk. And this guy has some he works at this hospital and then he also works at another hospital like in another state he also he owns a house in georgia he he drove there with a in a bmw and he lives upstate in a town somewhere so this guy is like sleep deprived i don't know how he's making it happen he also told me his diet he lost 40 pounds in two weeks on a water diet and I was like, how do you do that? And he goes, yeah, I just didn't eat. I just drank water. Is that a diet you've heard of? No. A water diet? That sounds diet? like dangerous. It sounds very dangerous, but it was to win $1,500 in like the the, the weight losing pool. Oh, so God. already like, not that he was very nice. It's just like, I was already kind of like, it was already kind of creepy. He's like attaching stuff. So you look at yourself and you just look like Doc Brown when, um, Marty meets him in the 1950s. 40 pounds to, in two weeks? I don't know how you do that. Uh, 10 I mean, pounds maybe, right? Like I've, He must be tucking in his skin like a shirt. I mean, that's... Well, no, he gained it all back. He kept it off for nine months. That was part of the story. So you, when you lose weight like that, you don't <laughs> no, gain it. No, you don't it. keep it off. You don't keep it off. Oh There's no infrastructure for that. You just lost it to get 1,500 oh. bucks. So this guy's sort of concept of money relating to our podcast was confusing to me because it, it seemed like... It seemed like... Have you ever done anything? I don't know if you, but I've had a couple jobs, but never two full-time jobs at the same time in two different states doing the same thing. Like no. he had to stay up all night and watch like my vitals. Like he, this is, wasn't like a thing where he like, oh, I can probably snooze. Right. So yeah. yeah. Unlike he, the security guard. Yeah. Unlike the security guard who could take a, a snooze arena. So I lay, you lay in bed and I go, how am I supposed to sleep like this? I have all this sh shit on my head. He goes, you can sleep any way you want. Um, uh, but there's no I'll way just to be watching. I'll be watching. on. Well, this that's empty the thing. Floor. <laughs> yes. I'll be watching on the, there's like a weird camera in a, in a, a glass thing on the corner. And he's like, like totally antithetical to sleep. Yeah, and he goes, I go, do people sleep like this? He goes, some people, they knock right out and they have the best night's sleep. I was like, this is not going to happen because I don't think that's, that that's me. So he goes, um, 
if you want to use the bathroom, I have to unhook you from everything. So just call out for me. And I go, what? And he goes, call out. There's a call speaker out. My right name's here. Mommy. Yeah. So <laughs> call out. Yeah. He's just, he just super weird. He like locks the door and he's like, uh, let's try mommy first. Uh, mommy, call out for mommy. No, I like it. I like it. All right. Call me by um, my middle name, Franklin. So <laughs> I was so scared and he goes, I will wake you up at six. But I was like, he's going to, this thing, this like speaker next to me, he like had me do a bunch of stuff like look left to the right, like they can see all your brain waves. And I was so nervous that he was going to speak through it throughout the night. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep didn't once sleep at all. I slept and he came in and he's like, wow, you did not really sleep. And I was like, no, this was horrible. I didn't say that to him, but I was like, no, it was super hard. I go, did I snore? He goes, very little, but I don't think you got any, I don't think I got into REM sleep. I had crazy nightmares. I just could not sleep. And then I kept looking at, my phone was over there and I said I wouldn't look at it because that kind of keeps me up. And I looked at the phone and it was like 4 a.m. And I'm like, he's supposed to wake me up at 5.30. I tried to fall asleep and I could not. And then at six o'clock, he scared the shit out of my people. I'm like, six o'clock, time to get up. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And so the next day, I was just wrecked. I was just like, yeah, I had like torture. day nightmares. You tortured yourself. I tortured myself. And that's the problem with the, if you don't get sleep, it's really is torture. You know this from having a kid, but like, I, I, I need sleep and I, it makes me very depressed without sleep. I, it's just, I just become a wreck. So, oh it was, my gosh. It was, you, was it, was it, did you come home and then go, well, home's better than that. So now I'm knocking right off. Did it, did it, maybe, I would say that I fell asleep. Like the- I fell asleep without any sort of sleep aid, no melatonin or anything the last couple nights, but I've been having crazy nightmares since then, like just vivid, Whoa. crazy nightmares. So I don't know. I, something disrupted not having that one night of sleep in a, even in like a poor way at home, <laughs> like completely wrecked me so i'm i'm very curious and i will tell you what in seven to ten business days <laughs> what their report is because what their I, report is we will follow up we will definitely follow I, up on this the pandemic has ruined my sleep in the fact that like i'll fall asleep i'll wake up an hour later and then not get back to sleep and then i do a horrible thing which is i listen to a podcast or something or watch something on my phone my wife is sleeping and i like that i i even started wearing like blue the blue blocker glasses when i do yeah. that I've tried everything. I got a Snuggie. I got a, I use a weighted blanket. I got a, I, I don't know. If anybody wants to write in with their sleep tips, I, I, I would really love to yeah, get Yeah, if anybody sleep has tips. sleep tips, pay or request at gmail.com. Give Joe some help. Help this poor man. <laughs> anyway, so that was my, my saga. But, um, Wow. I wish it ended funnier or there were some more quirky characters in there, but I was on an abandoned hospital I mean, floor. a guy waking you up in your ears just going, 6 a.m., time to get up. I think that's like, pretty good. Joseph, it's 6 a.m., get up. Joseph calls you by your full name like he's a priest. That's, Joseph. That's, that's also the creepy, like doctors always do that. I, was, I always say, call me Joe, but they're always like, Joseph. And I'm like, no one, I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, um, let's get to well, our guest. Yes, we are so excited. We're going to get to our interview with Genevieve Angelson from uh, the hit Apple TV Plus series, The After Party. But first, a word from our sponsor. Matt, you have a family, right? Oh, I do. You know how hard it is to find meals that they'll eat and that they'll like. Oh, gosh. I mean, I feel like every night we make three, four different dinners for everyone. I know. It's even harder to make all those meals, right? Yeah. Well, I want to introduce you to Supper Toss. Supper Toss is the first meal delivery service packaged to be thrown directly into the garbage. Oh, wow. 
Separate Toss boxes are delivered directly to your door every week containing 100% organic produce and meats pre-packaged to be pushed to the back of the fridge and rot. Mm. You get the satisfaction of telling people you have a subscription meal plan you heard about from a popular podcast. That's what I want. When in reality, you just order takeout for the third consecutive weekday. You know, we usually do ramen, then we do pizza, and then back to ramen. And you should keep it that way. Mm-hmm. But Supper Toss has recipes for and from all cultures. Oh, wow. They make it super simple to go online and look through over 100 meals you will never eat, let alone cook. I love scrolling. If you decide to cook the meals, they have included complicated and Byzantine instructions, usually on paper and usually sopping wet, that allow you to give up guilt-free. I'll tell you, I hate guilt, so this works for me. <sighs> and don't we all? And this is what's making it easier for you. And if you order today using code PAYORREQUEST at SupperToss.com, They'll even go one step further and never send you anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's generosity. Your credit card will be charged and you'll be emailed a statement, but you'll never even receive any food. Wow. Breathe a sigh of relief at mealtime and choose Supper Toss. I'm sighing already and I can't wait to sign up. We are so grateful to have the star of the after party on Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> Genevieve Angelson, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Genevieve. Hi, Joe, Matt. Honestly, honestly, only for you. <laughs> thank you. I oh, was yeah. about wow. to. Wow. Well, I was about to complain about insomnia to two men who have children when I have none, but um, I'm a goddamn wreck, and uh-huh. I truly could look forward to almost nothing at this point except seeing Matt Hobby, who is my, I would say, my favorite of my wow. boyfriend's friends. Oh, wow. Always has been. Oh, yeah. I, think, put, I would say put it Matt on a trophy. is probably... I want to have that on my on my nightstand. <laughs> M- Matt's... He's uh, friends uh, with monsters, I should say. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of damning with faint praise. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, I would say Matt is everyone's favorite friend, I think, because oh. he's a nice guy and also ah, genuinely nice. I, I feel like he's not a creep. This? Yeah, I don't think he's a creep, but I will say, so we went out to dinner once um, and mm-hmm. I got the sense of like, oh my gosh, this man is so warm. He's so friendly. He's got this great smile. And then he also had the capacity to get a little bit shitty. And I don't remember who we were talking about, but you talked a little bit of shit and you, yeah. it, like someone oh, just yeah. did not sit right with you. And I was like, now I love him. Yeah. <laughs> no, he'll... He'll shit talk if you start it. So I have to like in a text be like, I can't believe this person is working on this and this. Then he'll get into it. Like the other day, I think I said something about someone and then on a text and he, but then, no, you initiated the other day. I was complaining about someone, and then you were like, yeah, he's a piece of shit. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think you need to back. I, I, I like that you have my back, but you were maybe, he's not a piece of shit. Oh my God. Drop names in the chat. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll tell you after. Okay. They weren't shitty. They were just being. I just uh, hate being big timed. Um, but that's fine. I'm small time. You know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Big timed. I know exactly being big what timed. you're talking about. Oh yeah, we all get big timed. Everybody oh, does. But I don't understand the the big timing. I don't understand as adults what that. There's got to be something where like Tom Cruise texts uh, whoever his partner is that Steven Spielberg's big time in him. You know what I mean? Like that is probably true. goes all the way up. Right. But well, Joe, he, I understand what you're saying. Cause it's like at, at this age, like haven't we all realized that like none of us are going to live up to our potential. Like, come on. Like, all right. No, that is uh, true. 
Well, would you say live up to our dreams or live up to our potential? I mean, I guess potential. That's true. I mean, I once was, you- yeah, that was ahead. one of the most like actually one of the most reassuring things I ever got out of a therapy session, which was I think I went into it once super hot and I was just like anxious about like, oh, and what if I don't accomplish X, Y and Z? And Judy, Judy, obviously mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. to me, oh, sweetheart. Nobody lives up to their potential. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, wow. what a That's... huge weight off my shoulders. Honestly, yeah. um, I, I took a lot of comfort from that. <laughs> no, that is comforting. I think when you go, uh, you know what? I'm just taking this off my plate. I think that's when you're like, okay, I don't have to worry about it. I think when you take something off your plate, like whether it's emotional or it's like a physical thing, you're like, I'll, t- I'll when take you, have- you one further. No, yes. sorry, I interrupted you. Go no, ahead. no, no. When you have kids, everything goes off the plate. Like Matt knows, like you're like, well, I guess I'm not going to hang out. And, you know, like there's just things that just immediately go out the door. Yeah. Although I didn't hang out before <laughs> kids either. So I guess it was. Like, <laughs> Joe's um, always I, been a bit of a homebody. I, not a homebody. I just like to leave. I like to leave a party early. I like when it starts on time and then I'm, I'm out of there in an hour. I, I get, love <laughs> when it starts on time. So I have a question. Do you like uh, your kids? <laughs> Do I like my kids? <laughs> Are they a good thing? To uh, my son's no. Them? My son's fun. Uh, you know, him and I spend a lot of time together. And I told my wife this the other day, and I don't think it's a secret, but I think sometimes he we're sick of each other's company. It's not because of anything. It's just because you're like a family. And I think mm-hmm. it's different right. when you have one kid. Him and I are like I could see when I pick him up from school, and he's like, oh, this again. Like I'd love anybody else. <laughs> Like we're getting a babysitter that loves Pokemon, and I think he's just like, please. Because we go home, and you know, there's a weird thing where like we play video games together, but then I tell him what to do homework. I don't know. There was an article in the New Yorker about this family that like we have a third wheel, and it's our kid, and it's kind of like that way where you're like, I don't know. He's just we've spent so much time together. I think he's just we're just kind of like you again, but I think it's fine. He's a, he's very That's well. So fun, he's yeah. pretty well I mean, behaved and not a brat. I, Matt, please, do you like your children? Uh, yes, I do. I, I, I love, um, I, I exist, I exist on a, there was plane a long pause and I don't think that was an internet lag. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I exist at a high level of stress right now. Two babies is just a, a whole other world. And, and, uh, they are lovely and the easy, as they age, right. They just turned one as they get bigger and bigger even though they can put themselves now in much more dangerous situations, it their personalities are emerging. And I think this is a thing for me, like my, my sort of two cents on parenting is that dads don't get the same amount of like snuggle time early on. And so for my experience of parenting has been that it's taken me longer to bond with my kids, not to say that it took a whole year, but, right? But like, that, that the more track. that their personalities emerge, the more we engage and deepen our connection. And I really like them all. It it doesn't make it not intense to provide for three people all the time. Yes. you know. Oh my gosh, the financial. Especially in I this unique time where we don't even. Yeah, yeah. But you, it's different than like. You know, I've had roommate, and this is, I don't know if I would agree with this, but like I've had roommates that you're like kind of an ad hoc family, right? Like yeah. my roommate Skyla and I used to go to work together, come home, we'd make dinner. To, like it was almost like being married. He had a boyfriend and I had uh, some girlfriends, but we were basically a team. And it feels like that almost like where you're like, 
at this point. But Matt has much more many kids and like they're all at different ages. So it's different. My son's six and he's kind of it's easier as they get older to kind of, you know, give them something to do and then do other stuff. I just don't have the time to do now. I want to I feel like my um, my creativity level has matched up with my ability and it's harder now to do. any. I wish I had what I know now at 25. I'd probably be further <laughs> Oh, mean story of civilization. For for the listener, I am um, childless. I'm a childless. They guessed based on the question. Do you like your kids? Do you like your kids? Um, Well, because it just seems like I mean, I'm I'm in the eyes of the law. I am, but um, uh, it just seems like all of civilization can't be wrong when they say that having children is the greatest joy of life right? Like uh, all the history of mankind pretty much reports that. And yet also when you (laughs) have them, you give up everything you liked before that. Like you're the feeling, a good feeling in your body, like feeling good about your uh, sleep or your exercise or your, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. meditation or whatever. So Mm -hmm. you don't feel good in your body and you don't have any money Mm-mm. anymore. Yeah. Uh, and you don't do anything you used to like to do. You mm-hmm. just, so, I mean, I'm not saying anything original or funny, but I, I'm just no. checking. Like it's still, we're I still would, in agreement that this is like the best thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> I think I've always, <laughs> Sorry. Wanted, I've always been a kid person. And when I say that, okay. I don't mean that in like a pedophile way. I mean that in like a, I always liked kids. I always, I always had a job teaching kids swimming or teaching kids. I worked at a high school for a while. I always liked children. I understand children in a way. Like I feel a connection of like, you know, the possibility. But I I will tell you, I watched this show over um, Christmas break, as I guess we call it, but like between New Year's and Christmas. And it was called uh, the, and you would not think this would have such a profound effect, but it's called Zach Stone is going to be famous. It's Bo Burnham's like original His first TV show for MTV. And it put me, I could not stop. I was in a funk for like four days. It was as if I watched, I don't know, anything that is like heavy, like the heaviest movie. Like I had the same reaction as when I watched Leaving Las Vegas. I was just so (laughs) sad because in the show, he has this. Well, I'll tell you because he had, and I told my wife this too. I was like, the character had, it was the, the whole show takes place between the summer um, between the end of high school and college. And like, there was a feeling in the show of like possibility. And I hadn't had that feeling in a long time, <laughs> you know, where it was like the endless possibilities in front of you when you go to like college or whatever. And sure, before you're sure. like, life is like, here's three things that you get to choose from. Or, and I, it was just kind of, it really hit me. I don't know. I was just kind of not wrecked from it, but I, it sat with me for a long time. So I've been sometimes thinking I wonder if getting like injectables, like if I got, if I got cosmetic surgery, if it would give me that feeling again, like if I that's look you, really that's young, where you go, you do. Look young, thing, though. Yeah. Co- co- cosmetic <laughs> look surgery. Like makes, I don't know if I, cosmetic I, I, surgery makes no one look young. I think that is something <laughs> that is true. Cosmetic no, you surgery just don't makes know. everyone. No, it makes everyone Uh-oh. look like the same bones. What like, if the good good stuff you just don't see? You're just like, wow. They do you do you legitimately think you you f- do you feel old or do you think you look old? Because you look like you're 22 years old to me. I, I don't know, Matt. Matt and I look like shit. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah. I'm road hard. You guys have away kids. Away. Yeah. 
No, it's true. I mean, I I don't know. Like Matt, one day Matt came on and I was like, you got to put a hat on before we talk. You look at and I, I didn't mean I, it mean. I, I, he would tell the same thing to me. I don't know. I'm wearing the work shirt today. I, I don't know what to. You look like. I don't know. You just. You seem young and and have young energy. So I don't know. I I have. Uh, it's so funny. I am, um, and thank you. It is annoying when people who look great talk about looking like shit. I look fantastic. I've got great DNA. It's it takes almost no effort. I am so sorry. I have the soul of a 99 year old woman. Sure. I'm so exhausted. I, this is what I'm like. I have had five kids already somehow. I don't know where they are, but I yeah. sleep never. And it makes me salty and a horrible person to be in a relationship with. <laughs> this, this podcast is, is, is taking up the time between when I when I made the mistake and when I get to apologize for it. So I'm going to spend most of the duration of this 45 minutes uh, apologizing on air for the fact that um, I was uh, very uh, abrupt with Dave before he left the apartment so that I could record this podcast. <laughs> Did you make him go use the bathroom downstairs or something? Like, cause that's, he, my wife's even, done that where you're like, just go use the bathroom. The super. We bathroom. live <laughs> in Brooklyn. There's not a downstairs. There's an outside where it's 20 degrees. Uh, <laughs> There's yeah. no, he's fine. He's, yeah. fine. he's fine. He's probably playing with a bodega cat or something. And, <laughs> um, so Genevieve, so we talk about money in a very yes. tangential way on here, but let me ask you, as someone who lives in both Los Angeles and New York, I always think that when you leave and living in New York, you th- um, automatically it costs you $10 to leave the house. Like you 100%. just might as well throw $10 into the street. That's how much. Leaving the house is almost, it's like, it's like opening. It's like if your wallet were a bird cage and you just open the yeah. little door and the birds just fly right out <laughs> fly right without out. you yeah. even yeah. knowing. I like that imagery, though. And they're the, not trained pigeons. They don't come back. No, they don't come they're, back. They're not like back. on a rooftop in Sunnyside flying around and then coming back to the no. to the. To and the you come home kennel. with a bag full of fidget spinners is what is been a situation <laughs> I've had. Where you're like, I guess I, I bought these on the street. Anyway, um, so what do you find that you spend your money the most on? Like, what's oh. your... Instacart, top purchase that you're like I spend so much money on Instacart and I, like there's no I mean okay so first of all in New York City you're not putting your groceries into a car right so yeah, there's that yeah. so there's so grocery delivery but it's just something like I don't know if it's like the potato famine side of me or like the holocaust side of me but it's like I am planning for uh, to run out of the minute made rice. Like I am not, it's not even that I'm buying expensive things on Instacart, but I'm getting an Instacart order every single day. And it's, it's like, I, it's also, I think it's like, um, stress release. It's like a way that I can be feeling like I'm ameliorating my life. I'm like building the serotonin and dopamine of my life through my phone, not being on social media. It feels productive and yet it's not. And I'm, I'm price comparing. I'm, I'm also obsessed with a grocery store in general and I love food. So, so can I, can I offer something? I think what you're going through is an Angelino living in New York because in Los Angeles, the grocery store is a great place to kill 25 minutes. Yeah, right? but isn't there like, I've been in the grocery store in Los Angeles. 
it's not quite a suburban grocery store. I went to the grocery store near your house. It was like a, a ma- is madness, and this is pre-COVID, obviously a couple years ago. But yes, isn't it's not quite the when I go to New Jersey to visit Brandy's family, they have like a, a stop a shop right that's like literally eight football fields, and that's when I feel like my true, you know, you feel like Giddy. you arrived. Yeah, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I can buy, you know, there's like paperback novel. It's just very like when I was a kid and we would go grocery, there's like paperback novels in the greeting card area. And there's just so much to look at and find. But I, do you find that to be true, Matt? In, in but I would Angeles? say, I would say my experience of living in New York and shopping for groceries was I yeah. had one of those granny carts and I would fill it to the brim and drag it around, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like off Montrose. With a granny in it. To the, to and the, she would pick out the food for you, right? Yeah, exactly. There was a granny yeah, yeah, in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, an old Polish granny would come with me to the grocery store. She would tell me okay. what pierogies were the good pierogies. Yeah. I have to tell you a really dark story. Oh, <laughs> we love it. And yeah. I have no, I don't know who, who your audience is, but okay. So I've been pretty open. Um, if you, if you like kind of look even an inch below the surface about um, uh, Genevieve Angelson on the internet, I've been pretty open about the fact that I'm in long-term recovery from an eating disorder. And mm-hmm. um, I've been, yeah, like an activist in that, in eating sort of blah, blah, blah. So I went to, to rehab and the rehab mm-hmm. that, that I went to, um, on like Fridays, they would send you to the grocery store with a gift card and 45 minutes. And when I tell you that this was like, <laughs> first of all, I grew up in New York city. So my experience of suburban grocery stores is already like, I mean, it's, Disneyland. It's, it's, I'm completely obsessed. Um, but this was Publix in Florida and say Mm -hmm. what you will about Publix politically when you're a bulimic in recovery and you've got 45 minutes and $75 on a gift card and you're trying to figure out how to fit as much volume in as small of a body as possible (laughs) and also get like the most delicious bite and also compare it to like, you're with food obsessed children. So also compare it to like every other, um, nutrition label and also every other aisle. I, the level of hysteria and joy and obsession in this one, like, um, minivan of, of girls that they let into this Publix, I will never be able to replicate exactly what that grocery shopping experience was. So I, I do it through an app called Instagram. What was the the thing was what was the sort of um, modus operandi behind bringing you there and giving I didn't you the time do and stuff? No, no, I, no, I was just curious. No, no, you did a great job explaining this. <laughs> I get the story. I was just curious because that is int- I, I just very quickly, and this is not to and uh, to diminish this story, but I in college we had this woman who um, taught psychology and she would bring in the woman from Canada who dealt with eating disorders and I forget her name but she was on 2020 all the time and they would do stuff like that so I was just curious like what their did they tell you what they why you were doing that yeah I mean the program that I went to was uh, one of these places where so I think there's sort of like two schools of thought on this. And one of them is you go to treatment and you can't touch your refrigerator and all the food is put mm. in front of you and you eat three cupcakes and that's how you know you've recovered. And I just mm-hmm. didn't, I was never going to sign up for that. And also I don't, I didn't really subscribe to it. The, what I really liked about the place that I went was they were like, you're going to go to your, 
inpatient program for however long, and then you're going to leave and you're going to be a person in the world. And that can either be an insane culture shock, or we can replicate real world um, circumstances here. So you're going to live in apartments with uh, roommates and you're going to have a fridge and you're going to, you know, you're going to make all your own food and you're going to go to the grocery store. And then we're going to like have therapy all day and talk about it, but we're not going to chain you to the, you know, yeah, sure. sure, Basically. Yeah. Well, we're so glad you're here. I mean, that's, Oh yes. (laughs) That was many years ago. Anyway, I live to tell the tale and I still spend all my money on food. Yeah. That's the number one. All right. So Matt, do you want to start? We are now going to dig in. I'm getting into my radio voice. Um, I'm really digging into my, yeah. Joe gives me shit about it every time. Um, So we are going to dig in. You have a great deal of public Venmo transactions. Um, (laughs) Many that are recent, which is great. And, um, we are going to dig in and see what we can find out. Now, the way we like to do it is we like to guess what the transaction was for. And okay. then you get to tell us all the ways that we're wrong and what really happened. Oh, and we'll see where it God. goes. Oh, okay? my God. First so, of all, I never think about public versus private ever. And I, I think it's like precisely because I never in my life anticipated that publicly I would have to go through. And I feel like we're looking at like a... a food journal. I feel like I have to explain to you all of the creepy things that I've eaten. <laughs> well, okay, I, go wouldn't, ahead. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't look at it like that. We, we picked out things that maybe aren't. <laughs> really you have no idea. You think, uh, okay. We have no idea. Well, this is, uh, well, so you'll there, see. There, there are these things that are between you and Dave. And since we know Dave, we're going to leave those alone. Right. We're going to leave, <laughs> we're going to leave Dave out of it. Right. And especially, <laughs> Dave is, I think that was Dave probably a smart a choice. Um, and we'll have Dave come on at some point, but I yeah. think that's probably a smart <clears> choice. Yeah. Um, so our first transaction is from, uh, it was 16 to 17 days ago from yesterday. And, um, that is you paid Francis Kranz, 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 you paid Fran Kranz, Fran Kranz, and, um, and the, the caption is, we'll see about the rest of it. That's we'll so interesting. We'll see about the rest of it. So, don't Matt tell us what gonna, it is yet. Don't we tell have us an idea gonna, of what okay. it is. We know what it is. That's Matt, what. Yeah. <laughs> Matt and I are going to guess. Is. So right? we're going to create sort of a little bit of yeah. a, a story, a, a, a picture in your mind about what we think it is. So exactly. So I think, it, it, of course, you are someone. You're very successful. You're on an Apple TV Plus show. So we know mm-hmm. that you've got the money to pay Fran Cran back. But what you're doing is instead you are. I'm sorry. Hey, that's my dog. Do you like, do you like your dog? Like we Uh, like um, our kids? uh, At this moment I do mostly. uh, He's just still here. (laughs) Digging back into Fran Cran. (laughs) Nice recovery, Matt. Yeah. Sweet. Um, So uh, you uh, owe Fran Cran a great deal of money, a significant amount of money. And you have only paid him the tiniest, tiniest portion. What do you owe him that money from? Joe, go ahead. You started a dry cleaning bit business with Fran. That's correct. You poured, you said, hey, we'll go 50-50 on this. But what really happened was he poured most of the money in. And you haven't paid him anything for 
the business you started. The first day, people came in, they dropped off their clothes. You immediately made an, uh, a mistake. You burned most of the clothes. Yep. Too many chemicals. Too much too chemicals. Many chemicals. Yep. So you, that started a little bit of a fight between you and Fran because That's basically right. this business went up in smoke. This was supposed to yeah. be like a side hustle. This was supposed to be like um, passive income. It runs by itself. Now you're in a fight and you pay him just to kind of be a dick, you pay him like a dollar or two every couple days and you just keep leaving this memo. We'll see about the rest of it. <laughs> you just give him, yeah, because we can't see how much it is, but right. we know that it's probably about three to four dollars per day. You're just dropping. <laughs> and this you're is thousands of dollars that the you rest owe of him. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, out of the thousands of dollars. Tell us how correct are we? How close are we? In a way... I think that the amount that I sent was $2.99. So I wow. in, in yes. actual amount, I think you are correct. Wow. Our um, intuition is so good, Joe. I know. <laughs> I, we, most people, you know what's so funny? Most guests try to sort of shove whatever crap we've said into <laughs> the logic of it just to be nice. But go ahead. Um, so what was it for and what? why, why um, that caption? Fran Kranz. Uh, actor and filmmaker made a movie and reached out and said, uh, I, I just need more people to get their eyes on this movie. And I said, great, how can I help? And he said, just send me your email in four ninety nine. And then he said, JK, 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 uh, what's your email? And so I sent him my email and then I sent him two ninety nine, and I said, we'll see about the rest of it. After I watched it, kind of it is was that, true. Is that how you have to promote a movie now? Is you, <laughs> you email people personally? <laughs> is that are they send you a percentage? No, but seriously, like because I've read about. I didn't know if it was the Frank Krantz, but I've read about the movie. It's gotten good reviews, and I think it's like up I, for an I, Oscar. I honestly don't know because he I didn't send it, so I haven't seen it yet. But I think in general, I think the more people that you can get, uh, right who have like a blue check posting about your thing, the more, yeah, the more better. Free advertising. Now when you, you have actually a blue got check? paid 2 dollars I have a blue check. And how does that, when you got the blue check, was that a relief? Like you're like, I'm not with the, with the other people who are tweeting. <laughs> Please. Uh, I think it was probably, ex- okay, so I think this was, um, it was, I think it was about eight, Eight years ago, must have been seven or eight years ago. I think it was while I was. Oh, you've got an OG um, blue check. Yeah, you got like I the did. Original. I I think I got an OG an OG blue check, but not for any good reason. I think it was like when I was on um, House of Lies, maybe or maybe, oh. you know what you know what it might have been. It might have been I was in a play. Um, I was in a Broadway play, and I think mm-hmm. I thought that was a very big deal. And I think I told Twitter that was a very big deal, and then they awarded me. A, what a play such. was it? Yeah, and a one. It is a very big deal to be on Broadway. Yeah, that is not. <laughs> that's no. That wasn't. You made yeah. it sound like you're like, oh, you know what it was? It was Broadway, and I. It didn't. Really matter uh, you know, I thank you, thank you so much. Uh, the play was called Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. Oh, it was so, a Christopher Durang play, yeah. Christopher Durang, the first play I ever, <laughs> one of the first playwrights I ever read any, a play of. Sensational. Uh, in high school. Sensational. Um, is David Hyde Pierce in that? David Hyde Pierce. 
played Vanya and I played uh-huh. Nina from The Seagull. It is a, in its own way a Chekhov parody, obviously. And um, yeah, Tony Award winning show. That was my. Do was you my, call Christopher? Do, do you call Christopher Durang Chris? Yes. You just call him Chris. One oh, does. Wow. I don't. I don't. We haven't stayed in close touch, but one would call him Chris. One would he call him Chris. Has Ooh. such Ooh, a funny, love it. funny cameo, and Matt is gonna also probably make fun of me later for this but there's a movie with yes. steve martin called the house sitter with him and Fantastic. goldie Hawn, of course legendary such a good movie. Yeah. it's such a great movie and christopher Durang plays the priest in it and is very funny he is the priest that comes to work out the fact that you know steve martin's family thinks that he's married to goldie Hawn, and they're having trouble and the priest comes and it's a very funny scene if anybody was in a movie between the years 1990 and 1995 yep. joe knows I know um, who they were, yeah. the name of the movie, where it was shot. Um, There's almost even too those, many like, people vague now. directors from the 90s. <laughs> that you is know, true. like that all, yeah. all those movies start with like a Ken Brinksman film. Oh my <laughs> god! Like, who? Is that your is that your is that your 90s film? Yeah, Ken uh, Brinksman. Yeah, you like yeah. a big um, Steve Gutenberg guy? I love Steve Gutenberg. My, um, I've actually seen him on Broadway. Uh, in a, he was on a, and then I saw him, uh, he directed a movie and I went to the quad cinema, uh, which must've been about 15 to 20 years ago. And he had directed a movie called PS, my cat is dead. And we saw oh. the movie cause he had done it. And he seems like generally, I, I can't get a read on him now. And I don't know if people know him now, but, um, he seems like generally excited to still be around. Like he seems to. I have a question, which is, do we in this group, uh, do any of us know Meredith Hagner? No. I don't, but she's great on... Ugh, she's so fantastic. What a sensation, like an actually, uh, just uh, to me, I think she's like leading the pack right now in terms of um, actresses who are funny rather. I mean, because Search Party to me is like, it certainly, obviously there are many actors on the show, but so many of them are like comedians in their in their grooming and she to me just really is a fucking funny actress and when she um, put her in like the goldie hawn character where that's she's what like, i was gonna say funny, is, doesn't yeah, that yeah. she's married to goldie hawn's son and this it was how soon she really think of it it's like isn't that that isn't that weird that you married like i've never seen a clearer case of somebody literally marrying their mother i mean yeah that's so she's funny. obviously her own woman but if you were going to compare her to, to if you were going to compare anyone working today or in the period of 90 to 95 to Goldie Hawn I would say it's my for favorite, me to oh. marry my mother I would have had to marry Ned Flanders because my mom <laughs> basically Ned Flanders in what my mom, mom in high school parents, in though. high school my mom walked into the room of me and my friend we were 16 and she goes hey there budski dudeskies <laughs> Oh, that's not it. That's God. not. I'm not wow. making that up. I'm and not. So you were to talk shit. I was taunted I in school. People called me Budski Dudeski in school in high were school. Were you ever friends with that years. kid again? I mean, that seems like he that kid up and left immediately. Yeah, that was, it was like that was, I got a. I got about nine people to get on the AIM chat to tell about this. <laughs> yes, that was my friend Steve Geiger, and he. he we are still friends. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some a celebrity I would have had to marry to be my mother, and it. I guess it would. I don't know. Are there any sociopaths? <laughs> oh wow! My father is. We get digging deep in it. Like you, Your dad, he watched, really? He it is. He is a complete 
cell for cell uh, remake. In what movie? Of- <laughs> in Goodbye Girl or in Mr. What Holland's about Opus? Oh, really? You watch him being aged up at the end of Mr. Holland's Opus. You get a present day snapshot of my snapshot of my father. Snapchat. Um, real oh. quick, uh, favorite Richard Dreyfuss performance, Matt. What do you? What would you say? <laughs> oh, God. Jaws. Jaws. Yeah, that's Jaws. Good. That's good. Jaws is the easy one. The first when one he's doing the autopsy. That's pretty amazing, actually. I tell you that my that. dad was stopped in an airport because two nuns thought he was James Caan. And they asked for his autograph. What a weird, why would nuns like James Caan? Why would Ned Flanders like James Caan? That's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, oh. And so these two nuns stopped my dad in the Miami airport and they were like, um, we are such big fans of your, uh, of you, Mr. Khan. Um, can we have your autograph? And my dad was like, is it worse to disappoint nuns or to lie and just give him an autograph as James well, Caan? And he was like, I'm going to autograph it as James Caan. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wait, but were Did you it. at that point playing a pastor on young Sheldon? Because I would have oh, thought no, that no. the end of that story goes two nuns come up to my father and say, are you the father of right. Matt Hobby? <laughs> no. Right. Who doesn't no. look anything like James Caan. Who looks, yeah, very little. Um, uh, th- no, th- this was like, uh, my parents lived in Miami before I was born. So this is like, okay. you know, four years ago. Right. Is that how you say it? Miami? Miami. Miami, yeah. yeah. All right, so we got another we got another uh, Venmo transaction to that's right discuss. Um, so May twenty first, two thousand twenty one, you paid Emily Kimball, who comes up a lot in your oh. Venmos, and and the and the memo credit you put here is my two children reunited. Yeah. Now we've been you've been very clear that you do not have have children. children. So, so your two children reunited. Hamsters. Yep. You know, we Two know hamsters. that, you know, we can't see it in your, in your Zoom backdrop, but mm-hmm. we know that you have just the whole of Dave's apartment is, is hamster tunnels all yep. up and down the walls. Yep. You have a very a elaborate, it's like a city. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. I saw, no, no. I saw that documentary where they, they made their whole house to be cat friendly. Do you ever see that movie? Home movies is like a documentary about people's weird homes. Like there's a woman that lives in a tree and then there was this, this family that, um, made their entire house like for cats to like go through tunnels and stuff. I mm-hmm. imagine it's like that. It's just a constant mm-hmm. hamster thing. And what happened was one of your hamsters got out because yeah. you had for Dave's birthday, your boyfriend, you tied the hamster to a series of about 150 balloons and that the hamster took That's off right. into the yeah. air yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. was found around Newark um, in uh, New Jersey. And Emily, fortunately, yeah, it's combing the area. Yeah, she's she flies drones and um, she's like a drone detective. So she she's like a, she finds mm-hmm. animals with drones, and so she was flying her drones. She was actually looking for an alligator um, by New York yeah, Airport. Missing, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like a missing alligator. And then mm-hmm. what she found was uh, she saw all the balloons. And she, oh, okay, I got to track this. I'm going to track yeah. this. Oh, what's attached to the balloons? A hamster. Who loves hamsters? We know that Genevieve and Dave have the hamster house. So, right. And um, she reached out, found your hamster, brought it back, and that's why you put my two children reunited. Now, just as a side note, drone detective, if that's not something you and I should be immediately getting off, that's I don't right. even think we should finish this interview. Yeah. I think we should just get <laughs> moving I'm, on that. I'm, I'm Googling it now. I'm Googling it now. Joe, the guy who doesn't leave his house but has drones just constantly searching for clues. <laughs> 
is an amazing like take the stakes out of everything and just have drone detective do now it. joe we have to guess because we were so close last time we have to guess how much genevieve paid emily for her drone detective work well, considering how much Genevieve has told us she spends on Instacart, it was probably along the same thing she paid Frank Krantz. So I'm saying maybe a little bit higher, 20 bucks? 20 bucks? Mostly it's the 20 bucks, yeah. How, how right are you we? You guys are so wrong. I, I am, I'm so, I am so, like, I don't want to embarrass you on your own show, but, like, no, it is, it is so, it is so wrong your guess it's so wrong (laughs) what is it what is it though okay first of all i think it was around 50 bucks but the reason it's so wrong is because like i fancy myself an activist i fancy myself an empath i i get very um i'm very committed to the things that i care about i'm very very i have very little tolerance for people who are not as committed to those things Mm -hmm. my real blind spot is i don't care about animals (laughs) I don't. <laughs> you have I a don't. Dog. We just saw. I it. do. I really love my dog, but I don't care about your dog. I. I mean, I do if I like sit and I think about it, and I really kind of get into my heart. I do, but my I think feeling you, is, oh god, I. Sorry. I feel like I have a species, and it's people, and those people need a lot of help, and I don't care, and I am a meat eater and a, a dairy egg eater, and I'm not thrilled about anyone suffering, but I've got too much to do. And one of the things I don't care about is animals. And I'll tell you, the animals I care about the absolute least are masters. Wow. <laughs> so to have a habit trail throughout your entire apartment is not true. Is that what you're saying? You do not have a habit trail throughout your apartment? And not only, like, I wouldn't, I don't, if I knew you had a hamster, even if it were Matt Hobby, I don't think I'd want to go to your house. So what you're saying is Matt Hobby as a hamster. So you're saying that him as an actual, he looks like a hamster, but with the same personality of him, you wouldn't even come over. Like he turned in almost the reverse of the shaggy dog from the Disney movies. He turns into a hamster. You wouldn't even talk to him. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want to wake up that day. I wouldn't want to be in a world where I had a friend with anything to do with these rodents. They are now, glorified rats. Mm-hmm. You and my wife would get along so well. She could care, not only care less about animals, but for some reason we are on a PETA mailing list and they're constantly sending oh. us. And I've never seen anybody get more angry as when we get a thing for Peter no, asking us for No, money. no, but. no. Let me get some clean water in Detroit. I do not care. <laughs> yeah. I don't have I mean, enough I bandwidth to care about animals. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've just been canceled. I've canceled myself. I don't go out of By my who? way to do bad <laughs> things. I mean, like, listen, one of my best friends is like a famous They're going to edit you out of the remaining episodes of the After Party. Oh my God, that's so funny because I'm pretty sure this is actually very strange. Okay, so I got this audition for the After Party. I'm taking a quick digression. Please. I got this audition for the After Party and Chris Miller and Phil Lord are like irrefutable genius like Mm -hmm. and and deserve to be seen as such like they are that good but i am not we our brains don't live in the same world so when we when i got their sides i didn't get it i was like i don't know what this is i don't know how to make it funny 
So I created this character, which on the page looked kind of earthy to me. Like she looked kind of like a hippie. She was sort of talking about like mm. um, how like uh, uh, cheese is um, animal torture and we should all be eating human breast milk cheese instead. I, like mm-hmm. I just things that I was like, I, I, I don't know how to do this. So I created this character who basically is like an incredibly incredibly world wearied older Jewish woman who lives on the mm-hmm. Upper West Side and has seen all the shows and they're all terrible. Not all mm-hmm. of them are terrible. Mm-hmm. And then I just didn't change any of the lines. <laughs> and I said these absurd, fucking crazy, like animal rights activist lines as this person. And that was the take that got me the job. So just wow. follow your dreams, kids, is all I have to say. Yeah. That's, the no character that did, that's the character in the show, though. Like, they st- they yeah. kept you doing that, right? They like kept that is me the doing that, and they changed and I watched it none last of night. the dialogue. Oh, I'm so glad you watched it. Yeah, they no, changed... It, it makes no sense. This character makes no sense. She says... Can I... Sp- oh. Yeah, please. No, 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 I was just going to say... Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. I'm oh, I have nothing else to say. No, no. I was just going to say that your character, and I don't think I'm giving anything away, gets to tell the first story and sets up the conceit of the show, which <laughs> is mm-hmm. you have so mm-hmm. much. Um, what I loved about it was that you had so much to not only do, but you brought something that I feel like the conceit is that everybody is living their own story. And the idea that you played it that way makes so sense because you are living in your own reality in the show. Yeah, and it definitely. sets up it does the match entire up. idea of what the show is, which is everybody has a different point of view of yeah. what happened. And I thought yeah. it was brilliant. I thought you were so good at it. Uh, but to hear you describe it as you made your own world, it totally yeah. makes it totally sense tracks. with, yeah. like they were able to preserve that idea of yours through shooting, through editing, which so many times, like, you approach something as an actor and then, you know, the take they use is not the take that does the thing, right? Of course right? not. Oh, and, of course and not. And I think they were able to, like, it's, I feel like it's, in my experience, it's, it can feel rare as an actor to have the thing that you want to accomplish come through in the final product. And I feel Literally like... Literally never. And, but you yeah. were doing it. I mean, like you oh, did it in this really awesome show. And so I thought you did what all your dreams, kids. No, but I thought you and I, just one more compliment because I really loved your performance in it. But the you did something that I love, and I don't know how to. It's something I creatively sometimes think of. How can I get there? Which is it is all looks that you give people, and it is so funny. Yeah that you didn't have to do jokey jokes. You just had to give people looks and they're like, I understood it. And I understood the moment of you looking over and putting those glasses down. It was amazing. You did I it. I think it when you're so in, so I feel so, uh, oh, I feel so grateful that you like caught all that. Cause like, I think there's this thing of like when you're in a group and you're, Call, first yeah. of all, I I didn't go to the pit. I have zero, count them, zero hours of training and improv. None at all. But most and of I wouldn't drop the pit as a place where <laughs> you would get the training. Oh, my God. Time. That's so funny because we, I think we know so many and people in common. There. I don't, yeah, go ahead. When I was, um, when I was coming up, I went to acting school and there was someone there who like had a bunch of connections to you guys at the pit and you guys were like, like the cute boys you were like the cool boys that like we like wanted to hang out with when we like went to our you know 
parties on Saturday nights and stuff. So don't put down the pit A and B. Um, um, I don't know how to improv. I, I don't at all. And um, so when you're in a group, the likes of which is like, you know, Ben Schwartz and Ike Barinholtz and Jamie Dimitriou and John Early and Alana Glazer and Tiffany Haddish. Like if you're not doing your job completely in silence, like you don't have a chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, there's no, there's no, this orchestra right. is full. We've got the cello, the violin, the piccolo, every role has been taken. I can sit here in a surly fashion in my chair and play that role or that's right. it. There's no other. Yeah. Do you, but it's so funny you say that because your character is, and I don't know if this is true or not, and Matt could say it or you could disagree, but I, I thought your character was the, you're there not to add color, and I have not watched the rest of the episodes, but the you are there to also, your character is informing how we're literally watching the movie. It's almost like when you play a video game and they teach you by sh- having you actually do the activity, your character is showing us how the story will play out immediately. And that is such a huge job and you killed it. I just thought that was amazing. That's very kind. I I have to tell you, I maybe didn't do such a great job at my job, but like I don't do, I could do more looking at the big picture when I'm coming in a part like this, like, okay, what is the function of this part and how, how, does understanding that function help me to like stick the landing a little bit more? But I really am just like, okay, I'm Indigo. This is what happened. This is how it happened to me. And I just get very, in a way, like the opposite of that. I think I just get very focused on the task that's right in front of me. And I let that like bigger picture of storytelling be someone else's job entirely. And I don't worry about it. <laughs> I no, honestly, so. honestly, I say, I think, I think, it's funny to hear you say that because I sometimes am the other side of the same coin where I think so much about the context of my, uh, uh, like the context of my character in the scene, in the episode, in the day of the shoot, like, Oh, I'm the last scene of the day. This needs to kind of go fast. Like, and, and that, makes that does not help with like what your true job is which is like be present don't like when you're funny in a tv show i think what's here's what i'll say i I think it's weird uh when you're in something that you know is a comedy right that is supposed to be a comedy and there's space for improvisation whether you are meant to be improvising in the vein of someone who is a character in the world, right? I am improvising as the character in this scenario, living the character's truth, or I am improvising as a funny actor that everybody at home wants to see be funny in the way that like you would see like the sort of breaking of the fourth wall, Jimmy Fallon laughing on SNL, right? And those those two things are sort of at war at all times because for at least for me, because as an actor, I want people to think I'm funny. I want to be liked and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff, but for it to make it in, at least in the show that I'm in now, it has to be the character in the situation. They don't want me winking to the camera 
knowing right. I'm, they don't want you to know you're funny as you're being funny, right? Like they want you to be serious. Yeah, and I think I that's think... where your attack at this character is so valuable to the show because I think in, when you have, you know, as the, the list of like incredible talent that you listed, all those people are also stand-ups, right? Like we watch, we don't think of the detective as a character. It's Tiffany Haddish. We watch Tiffany Haddish be a detective, right? Well, that's interesting, yeah. And I think like, uh, you know, your character lives so... Um, it's so it's such a visceral take on that person and you're so locked in that it just sings for the show. Uh. Now Matt, does it help that off screen a like union guy is holding your checkup <laughs> with a fishing rod? Does it help you act at all? That the yeah, check yeah, is yeah, just yeah. sort of floating in yeah. air I need and it, that's like, I need my check to be my eyeline. Uh, it, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Instead of, you know, when they use a tennis ball for like mocap or whatever, yours is the check, right? That's right. You're talking to your check when you do, yeah, when you're in Sonic 3 or it. whatever. <laughs> I, I, Matt, I we, think I would be more tempted to do what you're describing, but like, I think with Indigo, it's like, God, she was such a fucking big swing. Like, I just took a mm-hmm. big ass swing with that character. And if I stepped outside of her for even a second to kind of like look at her or like, I would have lost it completely. So I had to stay so drunk and so focused and so mm-hmm. like utterly exhausted i had to be exhausted by everything all the time yeah and if i yeah, if i snapped so out of that for even a second i would have just lost the thread so <laughs> i didn't have the opportunity matt we have one more venmo before we all right oh, yes. this one's got to go fast this one's got to go fast okay, right. okay. so you paid cam wilson twice in 2021 march 12th and march 10th it said sorry i was late heart and then i'm so sorry you had to deal with all this rain um Mm -hmm. exclamation exclamation support so we we have a theory kim wilson's a baker yep kim wilson always stressed as a baker um i would even say kind of like uh the baker on charm city um cakes on the food network right duff um Always, he's, cons- and- he, he's always stressed out. So he's always, you know, you barely need an oven because the place right. is so hot. Because he's always and comically stacking cakes up four, five, six in a tower, as many layers as possible. You're jumping in. You're saying, "Hey, I'm going to help you out, Cam. I know it's busy. Yeah. I got some time. Um, I, also I don't have any owe, pets. I love. I owe so much money for this old dry cleaning business." <laughs> Yeah, you go so much, buddy. I'll help you out, and he says I'll throw you a couple bucks. Each uh, identifies as female. Identifies as female. Cam. Yes. <laughs> Cam's a woman. Yeah. Yes. She. Cam. She. Excuse me. She. Um, yeah. She bakes. Um, you. But however, when every time you see Cam with these cakes, you slam into Cam. Um, the cakes fall. It's a mess. It's sort of a comical mess. You're sliding everywhere, mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. down things. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly apart- apologizing to Cam. Sorry, I was late to work. I'm sorry to deal with all the rain. Uh, Cam had asked you to put a tarp over the cakes. You had forgotten. The yep. cakes melted in the rain. Cam is just, I don't know what to do with you, but you are loving. You love Cam. You love this cake business. You want it to work. So you just say to yourself, at the end of this, maybe on March 11th, two t- uh, actually March 13th, 
2021, you yep. step back and say, Cam, I can't help you anymore. And Cam says, thank you. You weren't actually helping. <laughs> there we go. What? 100%? 100%. We it. And you know what? I'm going to say, when we're talking about big swings, that was the biggest swing I possibly could have taken. Matt, yeah. what do you think? I thought it was great. Uh, Shoot I your thought shot. It was really strong. Shoot yeah. your shot. That, of course, from uh, Les Mis. That's Cam is my dog sitter. Cam is my dog sitter. And I think at one point I paid her a day late. At another point, it was raining and she had to walk the dog in the rain. Am I supposed well, to tell you the real story? That's the real story. No, of course. Yeah, that's what we want to know. <laughs> we just talk bullshit. I mean, that's just. Yeah, yeah I'm. I'm uh, so you have this dog sitter and um, for a dog. Oh, but you you love your dog. You said you loved your dog. I love my dog. I love my and, dog. I, I do. I do spend some portion of every day um, meditating on the world in which he is dead. Uh, as mm. a way of like inoculating myself for his okay. inevitable wow. um, demise. Yeah. He's nine. Wow. I could have another 10 years, but I like to get really, that. yeah. I do that with Matt. I picture him very in a crisp suit <laughs> in his coffin, maybe That's... as a 90, 95 year old. Oh, I envision finally I'm at peace. Finally at peace. Someone <laughs> singing Oasis's Champagne Supernova <laughs> out of guitar. <laughs> I'm giving a very I don't funny like speech. That song. <laughs> I don't That's like why that we're doing song. it. No, there's actually a ska band in the back doing something. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sure, say Superman or something by Goldfinger. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, Genevieve, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank oh, you so you much for coming best. on. We can't wait to watch. Is there anything else coming up that you want to you want to plug? Plug after party. Sure. After party up. is like my. I'm so 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 proud of it. I just decided. I mean, I like can't believe Hollywood allowed me to play this crazy little clown but i'm also on this season of new amsterdam i play dr mia castry the head of holistic medicine on new amsterdam and i show up with my like weird crystals and my acupuncture needles and i'm basically um gwyneth i'm just doing my own little taste of goop right there on, <laughs> on nbc tuesday that night sounds so fun <laughs> my own taste of goop yeah you know is new amsterdam is a hour-long drama um, mm -hmm. Are you the sort of, um, are you, uh, is it a comedic role, a comedic relief or yeah. is this? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a dramedy. I'd say it's a little bit of everything. Oh, okay. uh, Dr. Mia and the, the episode that we're shooting right now gets into a, a bit of a scrape. But I what? will leave Ooh. that for keep the viewers. Vague, to... <laughs> keep it vague. Don't yeah. violate that yeah, NDA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get a big kick out of her regardless of what she's doing because it's like, <laughs> you know, they'll have, you know, one storyline where like someone's getting open heart surgery after having just been hit mm -hmm. by lightning or whatever. And then <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Mia will just come in with her Tibetan singing bowls and like. <laughs> well, that's funny. Oh, that's that is and funny. I don't know whether or not that. A show is laughing at her, or I'm laughing at her, but I'm having a uh, really good time. <laughs> I'll check that out. That's fun. Um, yeah. And Matt's seen every episode of Scrubs, so he can he loves uh, doctor yeah. shows. So no. you are a doctor. Yeah. Yes, oh, that's I am the song we're singing. I am um, a doctor. At your funeral, we're gonna sing the the um, the theme song to Scrubs. Remember, I'm not no Superman or whatever that song is. We'll sing that at your funeral. I got thanks. you. Thanks, thanks, John. Um, as long as you so sing, much. as long as you're still <laughs> around and you sing. I've been prepping so long for your funeral. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Um, Genevieve, thank thanks, you Genevieve. so much for being here. I love you, Matt. Listen, Joe, Joe Wedding Wallet, you're a legend in this household. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs>
All right, everybody. We have we're gonna do one segment here, and we don't have a, a a good quirky name for it. We want like a funny title. So if you think of a funny title for this, uh, pay a request at gmail.com. Hit us up. What we're the segment is gonna be, you know, something that we're doing around money. Yeah. I got one already, but it's fine. What we, ahead, we want it to be something helpful to pass along. A little bit of financial... I, I, it's not advice, because uh, <laughs> neither of us is that good with money, but something we're trying that you can either embrace or criticize to your heart's content. About- well, I am trying to not impulsively spend as much on Instagram ads as maybe I had during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, I don't need, a, um, I don't need an ALF trucker hat sure like i have enough hats i and go ahead go go go. no no no. it's just the dopamine hit of buying something that you think is cool and then yeah i literally forgot that i bought an extra and this is helpful i guess business wise like i bought an extra i bought a new camera to put on the computer but i completely forgot that i bought it and when it showed up i was like what the what is this what is this and then i remembered oh i had bought this so when you start not remembering what you bought, I think yeah. that's I think you need to rein it in a little bit. So not that I'm spending a lot of money, but I bet if I added it up, it it probably would have been something I could have thrown into a, a Roth or something. Yeah, you know, saving. I think about I I had I once had a boss uh when I, I once worked in um in uh post production or story editing or something like that for a reality TV show called uh, Top Gear America. Um, oh, yeah. it was not the current iteration, which I'm guessing is probably good. It's got some Fun host. We were the the iteration before that was uh, 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 panned and and dead after a season. Um, but that was also um, they had tried to reboot that several times. So I don't several I times. Think you're being yeah. tough on yourself. That uh, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm yeah, not being tough on me. I didn't have that much creative oh, right, right. input. And um, but uh, one of my bosses there was a guy, great name, Travis Shakespeare. That's his real really? name, Travis. Real name, at least real name on his business card. Maybe he made it up. Uh, but Travis was one of those um, financial independence retire early guys. You, like are you familiar with like fire? Mis- are you familiar with fire? Yeah, like Where the guy like who um, invests as much of your paycheck as you can, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Travis did this really generous thing because Travis worked for BBC and was very wealthy at that point. Um, where he would do money meetings for anyone who was interested, and you were it was like, hey, uh, once a week at two o'clock. We're going to do like a kind of post-lunch money meeting and anybody can ask me any questions or share what they're doing. Like it was sort of, I think a little bit of kind of, I think what you and I want the mission of this podcast to be, which is like, we want to talk openly about money and how people right, right. spend money and what people do with their money in order to sort of like just create a community. And and he was like, we have this small, we spend a lot of time together, but nobody knows what everybody's making, but like, how are we, uh, what are you doing with your money? Maybe I can offer some advice as a person who's doing fairly well, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he talked about this thing called the hedonic treadmill, which is a fancy oh. way of saying. Daniel like, Gilbert talks about it. It's um, the idea of pursuit of happiness. Got Right. So it's this thing of like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what you're saying, right? The dopamine hit of buying yeah. something, seeing the Amazon package on your doorstep is addictive in a, in a way that we don't really think about because we think of it as functional or necessary. And um, this actually kind of ties back to what Genevieve was saying about the Instacart, right? Like, yeah. it is it is that hedonic treadmill, the, the ease of 
um, buying something online yeah. can become like a, a thing you're just keeping up with. You're just keeping up with it. And he had a strategy, which was anything that you really want, make a note of it, wait three days and see if you still want it. And yeah. I've been doing that with things that I feel like I want. Like anytime I get, I get this all the time. I want a Nintendo switch. I think about it and I go, Oh, I want a Nintendo switch. Oh, in the moment I'm like, oh, I want a Nintendo switch. And yeah. then I go, okay, I'm going to wait three days. And in three days, if I still want a Nintendo Switch, I'll buy it. And usually three days later, I'm like, I don't have time to play video games. I'm not going to play a video game. I That has happened with every... I mean, I've done this. And for example, Masterclass. I got a Masterclass. I'm like... And I've done this with Creative Projects too. And I actually had to put a note up here. There was a post that I actually <laughs> printed it out from Instagram and put it up on my board. Um, like decision to take on a new project or whatever. But like I've done that where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write a detective novel. I'm just going to spend yeah. a year writing a detective novel. That's the time. Yeah. I'm going to go, you know what I have to do though? I got to do some research. I'm going to get masterclass, learn how David Baldacci does it. The, yep. the, the, and then how many times do you think I watched the entire, no, I got, I lost interest in it. And I think right. it's also part, I do legitimately have ADD as a person, some neurodiversity, but I also think it's just how the internet functions. They want you to subscribe and they want you to. So I, I have been trying to get better about that. I, I It's the same thing. If I waited, I don't need a how alf trucker hat if i wait even three hours i've forgotten about it like yeah I, exactly. it's that instant where yeah. i'm like oh wouldn't it be great and if in our room we had a giant movie poster for like short circuit 2 and i'll be like well no in the past i bought it but no that's not you know so i think it's yeah. really the hedonic treadmill you could get off it if you just think about what made you happy in the past and kind of lock onto that and what maybe happy the past is time with friends or learning a new technology that I've thought yeah. about. Like I think. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. All right. And that's, I mean, that's it. That's the segment. We're going to call it. Ooh, pad in the wallet. I don't know. It's got it. Yeah. Uh, pat in the wallet. Maybe patting, uh, pat, patting, patting the wallet. Penny, uh, penny, uh, pat, what did they call pat. it? A penny earned. What's that saying? Oh yeah. A penny saved is a penny earned. Penny earned, but maybe instead of earned, it's uh, a penny saved is a penny. Um, churned we're churning churning we're so many the butter of money the butter yeah. of money money butter that's Matt, always a pleasure i will not talk to you until we record again <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah we would like to thank one more time our guest genevieve angelson um watch thanks the to, after party yeah. on apple tv plus and uh thanks to joe leonardo our uh intrepid uh editor and the sound designer yeah and uh thanks matt i'll talk to you soon i'll read us out thank you all for listening to pay or request please subscribe and rate the show wherever you get your podcasts apple i mean maybe not spotify with all this joe rogan controversy we can't take ourselves off spotify if we're being quite honest because it's not gonna really move the needle uh, but uh, our show is edited and mixed by joe leonardo it was recorded by joe and i in our respective bedroom offices drop us a line at pay or request at gmail.com and we will see you next week thanks everybody 